Welcome back to the Inklecast. This week we're going to be talking about fairness in games. I'm Tom. No, we're not. We're, we're talking, talking about really bad chess. <laughs> and then we're talking about fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, trust us, we decided. I thought that would have made a really good opening. Yeah, it, it wouldn't. It didn't. Okay. <laughs> it's too blue feeter. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Welcome back to the Inklecast. This week we're going to be talking about Zach Gage's really bad chess. I'm Tom. I'm Joe. And I'm John. Right, so the other week I stumbled across an article in the New York Times or something like that um, about this game, Really Bad Chess, and about how fairness in games is probably overrated, which really resonated for me. And so I ran off and I downloaded the game, and I love it. I think it's brilliant. So I haven't played it. Explain it. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> It, it's nicely designed, it's got some good little quirks to it, but the core of it is it's a chess game where the allocation of the pieces is randomised at the start. So when I say randomised, I'm really randomised in that you might open a game and have seven queens, 16, 16 bishops, or like the, you can't have 16 bishops, six bishops, and the front row will be entirely bishops. You'll have three knights in a corner and your kings over there. And then the opponent will have a completely different set again. And then you play chess. You play by the normal rules of chess, except you can't do castling because it wouldn't make any sense. And you win by checkmating people. And it's so they must like have, you chess, must have one king it's, each. Still, yeah, one right? king. That's 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 true. You have one king, and there's a slight there's a slight allocation rule in that queens I don't think ever appear on the front row, and bishops often appear on the front row because they do more interesting things in those positions. Okay. Um, but it, what you end up with is something that feels a lot like a good game of chess in that on every turn you're looking to work out strategies and exploit weaknesses and control bits of the board, but it's way, way faster. There's no opening section. The first move of the game is almost always someone moves a bishop from their front row and attacks and captures something on the other person's front row and then is immediately captured oh, in because return. I guess unlike, so people just annihilate each other. Unlike chess, there aren't kind of these established slow ways there to proceed. so isn't. Like, yeah. unlike chess, you don't have a rack of pawns in front of your officers guarding them. Mm. So you can, your high-powered pieces can actually be in the enemy camp immediately. You can checkmate in about four moves sometimes because you just <laughs> happen to have the right arrangement of bishops to do it. But what happens more often is you'll strike with something. You'll go, oh, I'm going to bung my queen right in there. And then their bishop, which was flipping over there somewhere, nobbles your queen. You go, oh, because... <laughs> Because chess has trained you to not look for threats in places where there just aren't threats. Okay. You can get captured from really unexpected directions because you didn't actually look at the actual board, which is okay. a brilliant way to sort of lose a turn. Right, so, okay, so I get the, what what the game's about. So what was the New York Times article saying about so fairness? So it was about... Um, it, so one of the things about the game is it's not fair. It's explicitly not fair in that when you mm -hmm. start, uh, you have a rank system. And when you when you start, your hand of pieces is better than the computer's hand. Always. Oh, if you're when you're rank one, yeah. Oh, I and see. And then as right. you win, right. the ranking gets leveled and then eventually it goes the other way. So okay. I am now rank 38 thanks That's to a couple of lucky cool. games. And so my, my deck of pieces is worse than the computer's piece. But the AI level stays exactly the same. Whatever That's level really it's on. Cool. And so you're fighting an opponent of a set difficulty, but with worse pieces. So you have to be more efficient and more mm -hmm. on your guard. And sometimes you will just lose. Sometimes it will start a round and you don't stand a chance. 
and that's fine. You slip back a couple of ranks, and then you can play again. Okay, so what I don't get about this now is, um, number one, it doesn't seem unfair, because actually there is a progression curve that's been designed in a certain way. To, okay, so the, the, the individual balance. rounds are definitely unfair. Okay. But I think, I mean, partly it was a provocative article, but also... I think it takes away the assumption of symmetry, which is quite a core component of most strategy games, Mm, that like you and your opponent are both neck and neck, and you're you're not neck and neck. Sometimes you are literally fighting for survival. An interesting comment on that is that one thing you can tell when playing the AI is when you're winning, because the minute that you start winning, it starts playing really bad moves. The moment that it thinks it can't win, it'll just throw pieces away, because I think it just starts to play essentially randomly. when it It can't differentiate between like... An approach which should lose but probably won't because it, the human won't notice what to do mm-hmm. and an approach which is purely suicidal. Mm. Whereas as a person, I, I might feel I'm losing but I carry on fighting anyway till the end. Mm. And that's really interesting. That I think the game itself, the actual AI, is less good at coping with unfairness than mm-hmm. I am as a person because <laughs> I'm used to playing my brothers and just desperately <laughs> trying to get okay. them to make a mistake. And so the other thing then, it doesn't actually sound like it's really bad. <laughs> it's not really bad chess. It chess. It sounds like it's an improved I version of chess. I think it's great. Actually, I genuinely think it's great. Cause so it's just always... a cynical title. But uh, it's yeah, actually... no, I mean, it's a witty title. But I've always struggled to play chess despite liking it because either you play someone who's good, in which case you get beaten and you never knew what it was you did wrong, or you play someone who's not good, in which case you do that to them and neither of those situations is actually very fun so weirdly it is feels more fair because it's i guess because it's not all about skill or it's not all about education or something Mm. you don't need to know your openings to be good at it Mm. but you do need to pay attention to what's actually in front of you on the board so on the topic of fairness then i guess something that's been in the zeitgeist recently is the topic of should you always make the player feel powerful should you always make them feel like they're the center of attention i i felt like the article was maybe going to be something to do with that is it not anything yeah to do with that? i think they did a bit mention like how the player always should feel like they're the center of the universe and they can always win mm. i think they did make yeah some points i think on they that. touch on it. i mean in, in chess it's hard to draw that conversation sure, out sure. because yeah. it's so <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make so but, much yeah. sense there but. yeah but it is definitely an interesting question in general is i mean we've always argued with that that the player well when we were talking about 80 days mm. meg used to talk a lot about how the player wasn't the primary yes protagonist exactly. of most of the scenes yeah um and that but that's kind of more of a narrative thing than a gameplay thing yeah in some ways like, you are the only human being in the room in 80 mm. Days. You are the only one with any real mm. action and agency. Mm. But it's not unfair. Well, 80 Days is horribly unfair, actually. Like, it constantly... Oh, sorcery is really unfair. Yes. <laughs> like, sorcery is quite deliberately unfair. All you need to do is watch the Yogscast's playthrough of Sorcery <laughs> 2 to, to have that proved. Um... So how does it feel when you're up against... Like, you just... You look at the board and you're like, oh, no, I can't win that. That's impossible. And it is impossible. Lo and behold, you totally lose. How does that feel? Well, so I'm amazing and that hasn't happened to me yet. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like... But that's my experience of chess anyway. So I tend to not... I guess I don't... I'm not... Perhaps I'm not good enough to realise that that is the state of play. Like, I'll just sort of start doing the best I can. Right. And then if I get wiped out, I tend to get wiped out quite quickly. It's, it is true that once you realise that all your good pieces are gone and it's just wiping you... You're, like death is very quick and 
so you just hit the surrender button right say, that's... Oh, I, I just give up and there is a button for just like oh, oh yeah, that's good quit. which i mean of course chess has anyway sure but again it's such a fast game and it's so heavily unbalanced that when it goes against you it's so obviously gone against you that there isn't any point carrying on right which feels kind of fine mm. but it sounds like yeah because you get to keep trying at a certain level it's kind of not unfair in some ways because it's like you You've got a roll of the dice to see what kind of level you get, but then you can keep trying. So that's quite a good there's, analogy. There's actually, there's not actually it's, much to lose. It's almost like a, a card game or something yeah. where, like, there's randomness, but not necessarily unfairness. Yeah. So oh yeah, exactly. Game. Like a like a, a round of poker or something that like you might lose the your hand, but it doesn't mean you're going to lose the mm. game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keith Bergen, do you remember the guy who has that Cockwork game design book that I fell in love oh, with? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had this idea of input and output randomness, where input randomness mm. is, say, setting up the board. It's it's mm. things that um, happen before your decision-making process. And output randomness is, I've made my decision, now the game's going to tell me how well that worked out. And he argues that input randomness is always more interesting because you can actually yes, yeah. plan around it. You can make interesting but decisions. But then I think, I think mm. in this specific scenario, it sounds like, it's all that the interest is in the meta game that because you've um yes it might randomize each individual game but because you're making overall progression at a particular level then it keeps you going like if it just reset you all the time and it was just like it was flat so you keep playing a game and it keeps resetting you and so it's just not very interesting if the the game is completely random it's just Sort of. I mean, the meta game is very, very light. It's more yeah, like sure. It only needs to be a, a kind of the current level you're on, but that's yeah. still a consistent I mean, thing. I think the the thing that it does more is that when is because of the the unfairness or anyway the lack of balance when when you're playing a low ranked game, it's really very easy mm. when you have like seven queens and the other person has like a couple of rooks. Yeah, but this is you what I'm saying. I think three I think this is what makes the whole thing work and actually be perfectly fair. And it sort I'd of argue. Yeah. Well, I guess it. You know exactly. Yeah. No. I. I think. I think that is probably. That's probably valid. Something. But it's really. It's. I think it's still really. There's something really interesting about it. The kind of. Just that use of randomness to give the player, just a different a different experience every time, and not mm. worry too much about whether whether they whether it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like. I think it only works if the game wears it on its sleeve. If it is just occasionally rubbish. It's a bad game. If the game says <laughs> we're occasionally going to be rubbish and that's the game, yeah. it's okay. In that's fact, it's, interesting. It's, it's better because if you win about... an impossible level, you feel incredible. Yeah, it made me think a bit about the old rogue DOS ASCII right. game that I used to play when I was a kid, which now has its own subgenre to my <laughs> surprise. But like, wow, you're that... one of a very f- select few people who have actually, actually played, played the rogue. original rogue. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really good as well. Um, but you'd play some games where you got to like level 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever, and you'd feel really proud of yourself, but there'd be that tension and you'd die. And then, but there was a huge number of games where you get killed on level one by a bat, like an enormous number. And it was a horribly unfair game. In but it's that from that, it's, it's just from that time period of like insert a coin, see what happens. I guess. That, that yeah, arcade I mean, time. Yeah, I, yeah. It wasn't really ever an arcade game, but well, but, I but just that, mean kind that kind of mentality, of era, uh, yeah. definitely that mentality of like, well, it's a computer. It runs rules. It doesn't care about how you feel. <laughs> it's not doing anything on the UI. It's not doing anything to help you at all. Play it yeah. or don't play it. It's up to you. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of how, how it always approached itself. Hmm. Something that interests me is 
So when this leveling system they've got in the game, what happens when you reach a level where you basically have plateaued? Like you might go up to, but you'll just come down to, but that's it. That's your actual skill level. I'm not level. sure mm. is the answer. I mean, at okay. the moment, the thing about it, though, that's interesting for a design point of view is that I'm not really interested in maximising my level particularly. In fact, I probably won't ever maximise my level because when I go up, I'll have a board that's too hard and I'll go straight back down again. Right. So I'm, oh, I'm so likely you can to bounce drop around. down. Oh, yeah. If you lose a game, then it'll, it'll downrank you. Oh, so it'll make your hand stronger Okay, next so it time. just kind of keeps you bubbling. It's a level that's interesting. Exactly. And so it's that in that sense, it's not entirely about the metagame. I think it's genuinely oh. about providing you with a fun little chest-based puzzle okay. whenever you want to have a fun-based chest-based puzzle. So I use it as I turn it. I'll turn it on. I'll play whatever rank it happens to be at, mm. and then I'll see how it go. And mm. the early ones were far too easy, but they've gone away now. Mm. I had one the other night that was really quite difficult, but it was a good challenge, and I enjoyed it. The next one will probably be far too hard, and I'll burn out very quickly. So it, it it's that kind of bite sized snappiness that's really cool to it. Mm. Okay. Um, and just that's lots, lots of variety. It, it, it just sort feels of, really rich. That sort of feels like a lost opportunity to me. That it could be, it could be. I don't know. Doing something with the rules that allows you to get that desert golfing feel of constantly progressing and increasing your score. It, I understand what you're saying mm. about the puzzles, but staying at an interesting level. But if it was just a matter of like you get, uh, a, you increment your score by the, the, the level rank or something like that each time. Um, yeah, I mean, you could do, you could do. I don't know, I don't really, perhaps I haven't been living with it for long enough. I don't entirely care about my meta score. It's more like a Sudoku of the day right. machine, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Yeah. But for chess moves. Yeah, I just feel like there could probably be be a a a layer on top of that, Mm. and it wouldn't. I mean, arguably, the score in desert golfing is pretty pointless. Right, exactly. (laughs) But on the other hand, like I did pay attention to it when I was playing, and like I was quite proud of the fact that I had you know X thousand or whatever. Okay, I mean, I. And you do see the kind of the level, the color of the level changing over yeah. time. So. I think it's just a very clever way to make sure no one ever deletes desert golfing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's just slightly too much to throw it away. You know, <laughs> there's something good in that. Actually, that's clever. I thought about it. <laughs> but I, I think I've been re- what I've been really enjoying to to distill the conversation down a little bit is that whether or not it's fair, it's definitely carelessly balanced. Right, there is balancing, but not that much balancing. It's not bothered about a level being frustratingly impossible that's just them's the breaks Mm. but it is very varied and it chooses Mm. variety over like reliability and i think that's really nice because actually i feel like i haven't seen that very often recently yeah although i do agree with tom that i think that that there must be a balance there because it wouldn't work well for a lot of games It, it i can imagine that feeling very frustrating for some game types and you do have to explicitly say you just take what you're going to get and have another go if it doesn't work mm. out. Um, well, so many game types you're supposed to just learn by death. Like, take a, a bizarre example. Like, imagine if you had an uncharted shootout where every time you died, there were slightly fewer enemies, and like every time you win, there were slightly more enemies, and it just mm. sort of. Well, so but, every time but, you played, no, they, but, and they spawned maybe, from different places and they did different things. But imagine a version where the number of enemies just randomized between X and Y each time, and like. 
so it was really much more random. I think that would be a lot more frustrating in a game mm. like Uncharted. It's like randomly you reach level nine and it just spawns a million <laughs> enemies in really <laughs> annoying places. That yeah. just actually yeah. wouldn't be that fun. It's funny, so there, I think there are it's... definitely some bits in Uncharted too. I remember there's a there's a fight out in the aeroplane courtyard or something where which I, I played the game two or three times and every time I get stuck there because I can't learn a pattern for it. I'll go, okay, I'll go around this way, but then I get annihilated by someone, but then I try it again, but that person doesn't show up and there is enough randomness in whatever the AI is doing that nothing I do ever bloody works. <laughs> and I'm not actually good enough at the basic yeah, business I, of I shooting feel, to cope with that. I feel like there is a, a difference between the fact that really bad chess is kind of more of a puzzle game versus just a skill-based action game. Mm. I think showing you the intellectual challenge of just a particular puzzle setup, even if it's rock hard, you go, oh, but I wonder if there's a way to, to mm. beat it, because yeah. you feel like there is the potential mm. there, even if you lose. Yeah, yeah, and of so course in a game like Uncharted, there's progression, and like it's blocking your progression, whereas yeah. really bad chess. If I just surrender a game, I just throw yeah. it away, it's binned, it's gone. Yeah. I don't need to worry about it. It doesn't keep a list of my failures, yeah. particularly. Um, one interesting thing it does also do is it has a daily board which you can do and everyone in the world has got the same daily board okay. and then you can see your rank I think of how many turns you took to win okay. it and you get a couple of goes at it that's not the sort of thing that particularly motivates me personally mm. but I wonder if that gives it a bit more of an edge for people who who want something more gritty and more yeah. gamey mm. on that so before we wrap up something I'm interested in is can you take the same format and apply it to other games Really bad Connect 4. <laughs> <laughs> There's no board set up, though. Well, this time you only have to connect 3. <laughs> this time you've got to connect 17. No, um... Or what games do have different board setups? I guess, um, yeah, roguelikes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're that a good example of, of that in, in action. I guess What it need... about, like, really bad poker, where the deck of cards contains <laughs> random assortment of cards every time? Huh? So it might have 20 aces this time, or it might have 15 <laughs> yeah. kings. The thing with that is that it's... It, it is entirely completely. random. But you well, don't I mean, even know the, the odds. I think, mm. I think the interesting thing about Really Bad Chess is that clearly it's a game that's born out of just an experimentation and then just going, oh, actually, this is quite fun. Mm. Like, mm. I don't know, I, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit because he actually put a lot of thought into it and he tried loads of different Well, I think things. he definitely tried lots of tweaks to the way that it balances out the... Sure. The, uh, they're definitely well, I mean, not but, fully but the random. raw concept in general. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the interesting things about it is also chess really stands up to it. Like, the rules of chess are interesting enough that mm. it actually plays really well. It's a great assortment of pieces. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, one thing that we've been working on in the background is we've been working on this uh, board game idea um, that, that kind of Tom instigated, and one thing that we learned from it is that if you tweak any of the rules, it can massively change right, the way yeah. the game plays. We have a set of rules which we're really reasonably happy with though some of them feel a little bit odd but if we mm. take out any of the rules we end up yeah. with a game which just the first player wins in three turns <laughs> or it goes on forever like mm. those those seem to be the low energy states for a game mm. whereas yeah. this doesn't surprising do that. This that is surprising chess but i think it might be something to do with the complexity of chess's rules that there's so much i don't know so much specificity in mm. each mm. each piece that it kind of binds it together I somehow think it's partly the I mean, this is more a discussion of chess itself, but like sure. the, the business of checkmating is complicated. And one of the nice things about chess is the more pieces that you take, the more space you create on the board, which makes more ways for the king to run away. So there's a kind of, 
in normal chess, that's really bad because it means that end games tend to go on and on and on and on because mm. you start mopping up people's pieces. They can't possibly win, but they're very hard to pin down. Whereas actually this is kind of self-balancing in the same way as like uh, a game of pool or... Is, yeah, that the, is that the American name or is that the British name or is that both? <laughs> no, it's, it's both. It's, it's both. Yeah, I don't I know what. So. Eight but, ball. Somebody calls it eight ball. Okay, but I don't well, know who. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it's self balancing because the more balls you pop, the easier it gets. Yeah, um, right. Well, I mean, oh, the harder it gets, sorry. So, whereas in this game, everybody is clobbering everybody the whole time. Mm. So, that space thing is still a problem, but the game is sufficiently snappy, it's really not that big a problem. And you mm. quite often win by trapping the king on the back row when he hasn't had a chance to move away yet. Hmm. Anyway, I like it. I think it's quite good. Interesting. Not well, merited at all. To give it a game. <laughs> well, there's your. Uh... <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to say. I'm just going to wrap up, and I realise. Well, there any... you go. There you go. All right, I'll do. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.